listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. All right, I'm glad you're here this morning. Um, so, so far in this series called Grow Up, um, you, you guys have enjoyed this one, huh? Oh, yeah. I've got a lot of feedback from you, um, and it seems you have. Um, at least you're making me feel good, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but I've used the phrase grow up as an encouragement to abandon spiritual immaturity and to grow into spiritual maturity. That's been the whole point of this, okay? Today's going to be a little bit different. Um, one time I had a pastor, I was talking to him about um, discipline issues with my son, and one day he told me a phrase that I'll never forget. He says, you have to be careful that you don't treat your five-year-old as if he is your 18-year-old. Okay, and, and so the wisdom here is that I cannot expect my child to act above his age. Now, that's hard, isn't it? Listen, it's especially hard when it's the third kid, y'all, and you're 43 years old, and you are past the toddler stage in your own personal life. You know what I'm talking about? But the wisdom is this. If your five-year-old can't dress himself, no biggie. But if your 18-year-old can't dress himself, that's a biggie. Uh, And I mean presentable dress, um, because we're still working with our eight-year-old on that specifically. Um, Matching is a real real problem. Um, So what's the difference, though, between the five-year-old version and the 18-year-old version? I'll tell you what, 13 years. 13 years of learning, 13 years of growing, 13 years of practice. So you have to learn how to be an adult. You know that, right? I mean, did y'all just get to 18 and go, I know how to do this. Like, awesome, let's go. I I can do this. No, kids don't wake up one day and start talking about 401Ks and getting that lawn just cut just right, get them a new balance to have the little green, you know, on the bottom because you've been walking. No, kids don't wake up and do that. Oh, I use Sunday for my lawn care. No, they don't do that. But much in the same way, you have to learn how to be a spiritual adult as well. You got to learn how to grow in that. So it takes years of learning and growing and practice. And so if you've been super hard on yourself because you're not further down the spiritual line of, of spiritual growth, then I want you to cut yourself some slack, okay? Cut yourself a little bit of slack. So um, Tony Robbins, you ever heard of that guy? Tony Robbins, he's a motivational speaker. He's huge. Um, he once told a guy, you overestimate what you can accomplish in a year, but you underestimate what you can accomplish in a decade. So don't be so hard on yourself. You just haven't been around long enough. I thought, wow, what a beautiful way to look at life in your situation. And maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, okay? But, but maybe you haven't been serious about your Christianity. You haven't been serious about your spiritual growth, okay? Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but, but half the stuff we're talking about, you've literally never heard before. Maybe you're here like, I have no clue what you're talking about, bro. Like, this is brand new to me. How long have you been going to church? 42 years, Okay, no shade, but, but let's, let's, let's grow. You, but you have to cut yourself some slack in those situations. The goal is not to rush into maturity, but to grow up into it. Anybody ever done something really fast? You typically, the fast stuff is done typically carelessly. You're not looking at details. You're not making sure it's just right. Fast things tend to be things that break quickly and easily because you're not focused on it. But I don't want that in your life. I don't want you to just quickly get to spiritual maturity because what's going to happen is if you quickly get to spiritual maturity, you might find that there's a crack in your foundation that's a little bit too big and it's because you just didn't do the right thing at the right time because you were rushing too fast. Okay? So today, grow up is not so much let's get it together and get into spiritual maturity, but today, grow up simply means to learn, grow and to practice. By the way, everything in your life that's of value comes through this. 
learning, growing, and practicing. Um, if you want to stay sharp in the game of life, you have to do these things consistently. I mean, my goodness, take your marriage, for instance. <laughs> How many of you have stopped learning, growing, and practicing in your marriage? Wait, hold on, don't answer that question. <laughs> As it came out of my mouth, I thought maybe they shouldn't answer that question. Um, but maybe you should internally answer that question and then reach out if you have a problem. Hopefully, you're cont- hopefully your relationship with your spouse is not now what it was when you first got married. I hope it's better. I hope you've learned some things about your spouse. Okay, I'm going to move on because y'all look at me crazy. <laughs> so today, let's learn, let's grow, let's practice in every area of our lives. But I keep hearing this one specific area where a lot of you need help, and that's hearing God. Hearing God. I want you to grow and mature as you hear God. So hearing God can be tough, and it's primarily because there are so many voices that are vying for your attention. Like, even right now in this moment, some of you are thinking about a million different things. Okay? You're thinking about, what are we going to eat afterwards? We're thinking about, oh my goodness, i got to connect with this family member. i got to go talk to my mom. i got to call my mom. i I got something i got to do tomorrow. i got to think about that. You're thinking about all these different things. And, and so it can be really tough because all of these voices are coming in. It's like when I'm having a conversation with my wife and she's trying to tell me something important. I see you, babe. Um, she's trying to tell me something important. And let's say I want to hear it, okay? Um, I want to understand, but I have, I have these three little clones of us that are running around, and they're constantly asking questions, or they're chanting, Mama, 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 until you acknowledge them. Anybody else know what I'm talking about in here? Okay, so that's going on. Meanwhile, Bluey is playing so loud on the television that I think I'm actually in Australia. And then the cat's meowing because nobody's petting it. The dog's in the kitchen rummaging around looking for food that the kids obviously dropped on the floor. The phone is ringing. My stomach's growling. And all I want to do is listen to what Monique's trying to tell me. This is exactly what it's like trying to hear the Holy Spirit. Because listen to me, the moment you sit, you sit down and try to listen to God, Satan is going to throw everything he possibly can at you to get you to stop. Okay, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Y'all in here trying to worship, and y'all are like, I'm thinking about everything I think of. I need to get some more coffee. Boy, it's cold in here. Um, some of us are burning up in here, y'all. Just let y'all know that. Uh, but but you, you think about all these things, and you can't even sing gratitude to God. So what do we do in that moment? Well, we very calmly and very patiently with a spirit of gentleness, ask for everyone to simply quiet down while mommy and daddy talk for a minute. <laughs> Not in my house. It's typically like, will y'all just hush up for two seconds? <laughs> Throw the TV in the river. Unless it's college football season. Like, then turn off Bluey. Mama, don't you see my... Monique often look at me. She said, do they know your name? What's funny, though, is when we say something like that, typically all the noise stops. Even the cat's like, Rrr! you know. <laughs> Don't you wish it was that easy to listen to the Holy Spirit? Don't you wish it was that easy to silence all the noise around you? And, and we want to eliminate that noise so that we can hear God speak. And I would love to take some time today and help you identify noisemakers in our lives so that we can silence them and hear God better. But, but here's a truth that adults understand and children don't. The noise doesn't stop. It only gets louder. You remember when you were a kid and it seemed like time took forever? Now how's it going, guys? It's, it's gone in a snap. I'm looking at these people and their kids are graduating. I'm like crying over here. My kid will be 12 in September. You know what that means? 
I have seven years of her in my house. Seven years left. But it's okay, because I got Audrey, and she'll graduate in 2036. Good Lord. <laughs> if today is about how to stop the noise, you'll spend the rest of your life, fo- life focusing on the noise. I don't want to teach you how to silence the noise, okay? What I want to do is I want to get you focused on the Holy Spirit. And if you will focus on Him, instead of telling you how to kill the noise, let me just teach you how to hear Him more clearly. Can we do that today? Okay, so how can we focus on the Holy Spirit to hear Him more clearly? Now, (laughs) this one's going to be obvious, but the first one is you need to be one of His sheep. Okay, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, look, this seems like an obvious one. And some of y'all are like, okay, of course he's going to start with this one. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Are you really his sheep? Are, are you really committed to the shepherd? Here's a great way to figure out if, if the answer is yes. Um, are you doing what the shepherd tells you to do? Okay, that's a whole different animal. And I'll tell you why it's a whole different animal, because it's really easy to say, yes, I'm a sheep. But what if the sheep tells you to forgive somebody that doesn't deserve, in your mind, your forgiveness? Okay. Let's say, let's say, um, let's say God wants you to go and have that forgiveness moment. You tell God, nah, player, I ain't finna do it. Like, nah, I ain't doing that. Okay, so here's my question. Are you committed to the shepherd? Or are you committed to your own sense of justice? Are you committed to the shepherd? Or are you committed to what you want? I'm not saying that we're always not sheep. But let me speak for myself here. Just a moment of transparency. I'm not always as committed as I ought to be. Can I be real, y'all? Well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to be committed. Yeah, I know. I know. Gotcha, fam. Be <laughs> over here acting like Christianity is simple. Just do what Jesus tells you. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, go forgive your mom that abandoned you. And then come talk to me. See, it ain't that easy. John 8, 47. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you don't hear them is that you're not of God. I mean, Jesus has zero chill, bro. Like, he's just like, say it how it is. Oh, you can't hear me? That's because you don't even know God. But it doesn't change the truth that, that you're not of God. You can't hear him. Now, the only caveat I would say to this is that initial tug that you feel in your heart the moment God begins to speak to you about coming to salvation. But in the natural, distance reduces volume. If you're too far away from the speaker, the sound waves simply can't reach you because they're crashing into things, or you're simply too far for the wave to actually get to you. But the same happens in the spirit, guys. The same natural law happens in the spirit. If you're too far away from the Father, then you're not going to be able to hear Him. If you're too far away from God, or if you have too many things between him and you, we'll call those idols, then you can't hear him. Matthew eleven fifteen says, to him who has ears, let him hear. Jesus said this in the context of talking about John the Baptist. Um, Jesus said, what did you go out there to see? A man in soft clothing, like in the king's house? Basically, did you go out to see something you expected in terms of the kingdom of God, only to find this camel hair wearing, locust eating wild man? He said, and you didn't listen to him. You thought he was crazy. But then look what Jesus says in verse 18. When Jesus came, they didn't listen to him either. 
For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Look at verse 25, 27. And Jesus at that time declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and the earth, that you have hidden those things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So what am I saying here? The kingdom of God is revealed to those who are called by his name to his children. Okay? So if you want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, it takes more than ears to hear. You've got to be called by his name. You've got to be in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't be sinning on Monday to Thursday and then getting a pickle on Friday and expect God's going to dump out his wisdom on Saturday. Uh, we back to genie Jesus, ain't we? We talked about two weeks ago. Just genie in the bottle. Hey, Jesus, I need you to fix my problem. Okay, well, have you done the last 14 things I told you to do? No. Are you even my sheep, bro? Why are we making this complicated? If, if there's a moment where you are in direct disobedience of what God told you to do, can I tell you something, friend? That part of you is not God's yet. Got to give it to him. You need to know his voice. The only way you can know his voice is by spending, spending time with him on a daily basis. This is why moms know which kid is crying. Dads, we're not good at that. But moms, y'all know, mm-hmm, that's William. Mm-hmm. And it ain't even a hurt cry. That's a frustrated cry. Time and experience. This is why you know it's your spouse whenever you hear their voice. Um, I can be in my office at home and I hear Monique go, Jason. I know exactly what that means. It's lunchtime and she's hungry. Which means if I don't stop everything I'm doing to take her to lunch, there's going to be some problems. But then I know this one that goes, Jason. <laughs> don't be coming to my office with that attitude. Okay, step one. <laughs> I am your pastor. No, I'm kidding. I, I, no, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> he who has an ear, let him hear. Come on, fellas. I can never expect to hear God clearly if I never spend time with him. Um, the learned part of this is understanding how to be a sheep. And the grow part of this is learning how to stay close to him. And, um, you know, something happened this week that kind of buttresses this point. Um, we, I was helping dad move some stuff from his old place to his new place. And um, I looked down and I noticed the trailer was broken on the back. And there were like four welds that were broken and we needed to fix it. And so... Um, we had to weld this, this bit up. And so because I've worked with dad before, I know how it works, okay? Um, he, I knew he's going to need the welding leads unrolled. So before he even got over there too, it already had the leads unrolled. The ground was connected. The machine was started up. It was ready to go, all that kind of stuff. But because his back is still on the men too, I knew he needed a chair because he ain't finna bend over and weld nothing. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So like I got him a chair out. Um, once he was done welding, I knew, I knew to roll up the leads, kill the machine, clean the welds off. Um, some of my actions, though, in that moment were the result of just knowing the job, okay? I knew what the job required. I understand the different parts that it needs. But some of my actions in that moment were the result of having worked closely with my dad in the same way that I grow to understand my Heavenly Father. Learning the job helped me perform, but growing an understanding helped me know how I could work with my dad, not against him, to make sure the job was completed. Okay? Now, remember, this is all about hearing God clearly. 
So intimacy with God is only obtained through time and experience. And your clarity in hearing God is directly proportional to your intimacy in your relationship with him. Hear it again. However intimate you are with the Lord in your times of prayer and in your own personal times of worship is directly proportional to how much you hear him. Some of y'all trying to drive down the road and just get a download at random. No, y'all need to be intentional about your time with Jesus. I can't hear Jesus. How much time you spent this week with him? Well, I gave him 10 minutes on Tuesday. That ain't enough. Because here's why. In the loudness and the noise and the chaos all around you, you may have given him 10 minutes, but he spoke for 10 minutes, but because of the noise, you couldn't hear him. Do you want to hear him? Be a sheep. Second part is this. Position yourself to hear. Position yourself to hear. One of the best ways to hear better is to reduce the amount of space and matter between you and the speaker. That's fancy talk for just get closer. And the analogy before working with dad, I not only learned how to do the job, and I not only learned how he liked the job to be done, but I also learned to anticipate his needs, okay? So knowing what tools he was going to ask for, and I was having them, I had them ready so he didn't have to go looking for them, which would waste time. So being ready to grind and prep the world before and smooth the world after, all that stuff. I worked to make sure he had what he needed so the job was easier and faster. Why? Because if it went quicker and easier, it meant that the money was easier and quicker too. You understand what I'm saying? It was less stress and effort on him so he could get the money easier, okay? Now, here's a side note, and it's super important. I had to understand in that situation, I was not the main character, I was the helper. He got the big bucks. I got the what he paid me. Why is that? Because he had the wisdom. He had the knowledge. He had the know-how. I was just the helper. So too often we can't hear God clearly because we're operating as if we're the main character and his job is to make our lives easier rather than our job is to do what he's asked so that we can move the kingdom forward. One of the quickest ways for a main character to get in trouble is, is to assume their voice is the most important one. That's pride. And that keeps us missing God because we're constantly expecting God to say what we're saying and we're not listening for his voice, only for what we're willing to hear. We can't be the main character, okay? I can't be making it harder for God to speak to me and to move the kingdom forward. I have to realize God didn't allow me to live so that I can go do what I wanted to do. He had a plan and a purpose for me. He had a family job for me. And if I do everything I can to make that more difficult for him, I'm, you know what it costs? Let me tell you, let me just get real down, really down to it. Here's what it costs. It costs lives. It's eternities that are at risk. Well, I ain't a preacher, so it's not really. No, forget all that. You're a Christian. Go ye therefore and make disciples. He didn't say, hey, pastors, go ye therefore. He said, all of us. So you and your sphere of influence, you have a responsibility, a part of the family business to see the kingdom move forward. And you can either work with God to make it happen easier and quicker, or you can work against him thinking that you're the main character. Let me give you some Bible verses. Psalm 5 and 3. Oh, Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Now, David was clearly a morning prayer. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Some of y'all are not. And that's okay. Listen to me. That's okay. It really is okay. Um, I had a, a friend, a pastor, Bishop Tudor Bismarck. Um, he's from Zimbabwe. I asked him one day, I was like, man, I have such a hard time praying in the morning. Like, what do I do? He goes, Pastor Jason, listen. 
I cannot pray in the morning, but I can pray all night long. So just, it's pretty good. What, it does a pretty good impression? Yeah, it's spawning. Look, I'm not saying pray when it's convenient for you. But I'm saying if you know morning is not your jam, don't try to force it. Pray it not something, because Jesus is probably on Jerusalem time still anyway. So it's probably morning over there anyway, all right? It's a little joke. Everybody calm down. Here's the important thing. Are you positioning yourself for engagement with God? Um, guys, when y'all was trying to holler at y'all spouse, um, how you doing, girl? Like, <laughs> all this and whatever. Anyway, did you find that you would try to be where they were? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, I know she goes there. I'm going I'm to, it's like my, my grandparents, I was talking to them this weekend. They met at um, what is now the Whistle Stop Cafe on the square in, in Livingston. It's called Buford's back then. And he walked in and said, um, can I get a tomato juice? <laughs> he ordered a tomato juice. That's gross. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> my, my meemaw was the waitress behind the, behind the bar. And he said whenever she put that glass there and he looked at her eyes, he said he heard the Holy Spirit say, that's your wife. I said, did you tell her that? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so follow me now. What does that mean? That means that my grandpa probably spent a lot of money at Buford's over the next few months. <laughs> am I right or am I right? Listen, something that you want to be in your life, you will position yourself. You will. Um, my wife has been loving this quilting group. Y'all, I can't, I, all I hear about is quilts. And all she wants to do is to go over to Mona's house in that little room back there with a quilting machine and quilt something. I still ain't got no socks, but I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> Isaiah 55, 3. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. We often expect God to speak at times that are convenient for us. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to have a scheduled prayer time with God, but I am saying it's very important that we position ourselves where no matter when God speaks, we're ready to listen. Remember, we don't get life from talking nonstop in our prayer times. We get life from inclining our ears to him and hearing what he says. You got one mouth and two ears. You know what they say about that, huh? Listen twice as long as you talk. Genesis 3.8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I never thought of it like that, but I love that they listened for where God was walking. That's like revolutionary to me. Because I often expect God to be walking where I'm going and not me walking where he's going. Come on, y'all. Let's get real for a minute. Let's be serious about our lives for just a second. We expect God to go with our flow. But in reality, we're supposed to be going with God's flow. And sometimes we're upset that he's not following us when we should be following him. Do you see the moral here? If you aren't positioning yourself to hear him, then how are you going to hear him? I don't want God to have to work harder to talk to me. Think about it like this. How hard are you willing to fight to tell your wife something? Now imagine the scenario I said at the beginning with Bluey, right? Kids, animals, all that. But now include just as a fun bonus, your spouse not wanting to listen to you. Huh. How would that work out for you? You're sitting there trying to tell them something 
and they're just like not, they do not want to listen to you. Now, here's what's going to happen. You're either going to go into complete and utter rage. Where are my rage fans at? Come on, y'all. I love y'all. That's my people. What's up? We're going to eat afterwards. We're going to hug up. Um, or else what you will do is you'll just stop trying to talk. Now, what if God was you and you were your spouse and you didn't want to listen? You weren't positioning yourself to listen. God's not going to go into a rage. But he might just stop talking. If you don't believe me, where's that big gap between Malachi and Matthew? 400 years of silence. What about the Israelites in captivity? Hundreds of years of silence. I remember when I was a young pastor growing up, um, I was a worship pastor, and for six months I could not feel God. You know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm not I'm talking about, I've tried to even blow the air conditioner on my neck to see if I got a hair to stand up, like nothing. And after six months, I was so frustrated, I finally just sp- started spending some time with God, and I was mad, you know, angry because I rage. I was angry at him. And he said, you worship the feeling more than you worship me, so I take the feeling until you learn to worship me again. Okay. You see, guys, we've got to be very careful that we don't idolize things. Hear me, even idolizing his voice. Because sometimes we do that. I'm, I'm careful not to ascribe to God our own human behaviors, but we see plenty of times in Scripture where he stops talking to people who simply refuse to listen. Last part is this, practice and often. So let me give you some quick practicals that are going to help you with this. First one is this, set aside time to spend with God. You make time for what you prioritize. So remove the chaos and the noise. The Bible says that Jesus often withdrew to a quiet place, a distraction-free place. And let me give you a little life hack here. Don't bring your phone into that moment. But, but, but I need to look up verses. No, you don't. You need to look up Facebook, what you need to look up. I need to take notes on what he says. No, you don't. Just listen to him. But if, what if I forget what he says? Maybe it wasn't that important to begin with. Take a notepad. Yeah, okay, so notepad. Basically, um, on the app, the app is a little notepad. So basically what, a, what that represents is back in the day they had paper. <laughs> and there were lines on the paper and you would have a pencil or a pen. And when somebody said something, you would write it on the paper. Listen, guys, the phone is the quickest way to a distraction. An email, a text, a phone call, I'm going to put it on D&D. Okay, whatever. You're looking at the clock now. It's just whatever the little screen on the phone. Like, Okay, it's 10-10. All right, I got to go. No, forget the phone. Okay. T- Apple Watch, too. I forgot about that. I'll be up here preaching sometimes. Somebody texts me, what y'all doing for dinner? Like, can I preach first? Like, can I get through? Um, number two, learn his voice. When God speaks, it isn't Morgan Freeman in your head. Jason purchased the land. What? Morgan? How did you get in there? It's your voice. The Holy Spirit sounds like your voice talking in your head. If you have another voice talking in your head, talk to me after service, okay? I want to direct you to some some counsel and care. I've never heard an audible voice personally, but he would burn a thought into my mind. Thoughts I wouldn't normally think 
things I wouldn't normally think to say, immediate replies, all of these are the Holy Spirit speaking to you, okay? Um, His spoken word, remember, will always be subject to his written word. The written word always trumps the spoken word because the spoken word can be altered sometimes by our own mental thought processes, our own subjectivity. But the word is always going to stand. So if you want to know if it was God or not, the first step is finding a Bible verse that buttresses what you heard God say to you. It's very important. Okay, Otherwise, you will get some really jacked up theology. Um, Don't force it either. Don't make God say something he didn't say. Um, I would often hear the voice speaking in my head. And if the voice ever stumbled, if the voice ever paused to think about what it was going to say next, I knew it wasn't God speaking. Because I figured the guy that said, let there be light, probably is not going to falter and stumble whenever he's talking to me. Just a little trick I use. Um, Obviously, we can't make God say something, but we can make ourselves believe he did say something. Oh, the Lord said, get divorced from that woman. (laughs) Hold on now. Ask him to speak clearly as you're learning. You know what? We slow down and enunciate when we're talking to kids, don't we? Did you go to the store? (laughs) Some of y'all need God to talk to you like you're a toddler. That's okay, too. Um, Ask him to do the same with you as you learn, grow, and practice. All right, number three. Understand that God speaks in a variety of ways, not just his voice. It could be a Bible verse, a bird on your windowsill, a thought that comes to your mind. Sometimes I hear a voice in my head and then I instantly get a physical feeling. I'll either feel peace or calm or I'll feel excitement and energy or opposition and repulsion. It's like, it's like if my body's saying no. Emotions are not bad and they're not good. They're like money. They're neutral. Remember, it's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay? Emotions are tools to help you understand. They cannot drive the vehicle, but they are great at letting us know how the commute is going. Think of them like um, warning lights on your dash. That's what your emotions are. Ooh, oil is low. (laughs) Number four, make your goal to experience a relationship with God, not just hear from him. I'm going to say that one again. Make your goal to experience a relationship with God, not just to hear from him. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom. And everything else you need is going to be added later on, but you got to seek him first. Psalm 63, 1 through 5. Oh God, you're my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Those are words of somebody who wants God, not just a word from him. If you want a word, you'll get it. But if you want a relationship, you'll get it. And the word you came for looking, came looking for in the first place. Okay. Um, so nobody wants to be a means to an end. Neither does God. Um, number five, second to last one. Take a step when you believe God spoke to you. Now, I know this can be scary. Um, some might say this is dangerous. But I, leave, but I believe the only thing worse than wrong action is inaction. Um, and th- th- there's some proof of this in the Bible, Revelation chapter 3. Jesus says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. God would rather you either be hot or cold than to be nothing. So if God, you feel like God said something to you, take a step. Like, talk to some people around you that you, that you know and trust and see what they say about it. They might say, that ain't God, bro. And then you need to do some reevaluating. Use your team. 
Uh, number six, last one, be willing to do what he says. God isn't going to speak to someone who isn't going to do what he said in the first place. Um, Matthew 8, I'm going to summarize it because we're almost out of time here, but um, Jesus, you can go ahead and pop the verse on there too. Um, Jesus was talking to a centurion. The centurion wanted his servant healed. And Jesus says, okay, I'll come with you. And the, he says, wait a minute, no, no, no. All you do is say the word. If you say the word, don't worry about it. We're all good. Now, what I find amazing is Jesus responded to his face. Said, Man, there's no faith better than this in all of Israel. And the dude went back home and a servant was healed by the time he got home. Now, here's what I love about this. Whatever Jesus was going to tell that centurion to do, that guy would have done it. He said, I understand authority. I understand orders, giving them and taking them. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. So if you just say the word, it'll happen. Some of y'all going to Jesus, trying to hear from him, trying to get in your prayer closet, spend time with him, and all you're willing to obey is the stuff that you want to obey. Now we back to are you a sheep? I love you guys, but I got to tell you all this. If your doing is contingent on the answer to your request, you didn't want Jesus, you wanted a genie. Spend time with God. Learn his voice. Understand God speaks in a variety of ways. Make your goal experiencing relationship with God, not just hearing from him. Take a step when you believe God spoke to you and be willing to do what he says. Here's what we're going to do right now in the time we have left is we're going to practice. So we just bow your heads right now in this moment. Close your eyes. Just ask you to do that so you can focus on the Lord and not anything else. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to use the Lord's Prayer as a model. We're going to practice hearing God's voice. The Bible says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So in this moment right now, take just a second and worship him for who he is and what he's been in your life. Don't come and ask him something before you praise him for what he's already done for you. That kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Take a moment and embrace his will and plan for your life. It's okay to say, God, I don't completely understand it. But whatever you want, I'm in. Give us this day our daily bread. Acknowledge that everything in your life comes from him. Thank him for providing and ask him to continue. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Ask God to forgive you where you've done something wrong. If you need to list them out, you can do that later on today. Use this prayer as an example. He already knows what you did. It's okay to tell him. The quicker you tell him, the quicker he gets to give you his grace. If there's anyone you haven't forgiven, do it. The quickest way to stop his voice is through willful disobedience. Don't lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank him for his power that he gives you to overcome sin. Ask, you to, ask him to deliver you from any current troubles you're experiencing. For yours is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Just one more moment. Praise him. Thank him. Now listen for his voice. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness. 
We thank you that you're ever present. God, I'm asking you to help us recognize you. As Adam and Eve listened for you in the cool of the garden, God, help us to listen for you as we go about our day. I realize we might not think that you're anywhere near our office building or our job, but God, I know that you are walking through the corridors, walking past the desks, walking through the refineries, God, walking along the way. God, I pray that you would help us recognize and see you. God, forgive us for coming to you looking for a genie and not looking for a savior, a father, a friend. Holy Spirit, speak to us. We thank you and we praise you, Father. We love you, Jesus. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and his people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.